Welcome to the latest episode of Apple at Work, a podcast all about the intersection of Apple enterprise healthcare education and everything in between. My name is Bradley Chambers, uh, your host as always. This week, I welcome back friend of the show, Tom Bridge from Jump Cloud and the Mac Admins podcast. Tom, welcome to the show. Bradley, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me on. We are uh, recording this right around the time iPhone announcement, iOS 16 is here. Um, how has your testing gone this summer for iOS 16 and macOS Ventura? And I ask this, put on both hats. Your Jump Cloud, we have customers who are managing uh, these devices using our uh, software and MDM, and also mm-hmm. your uh, IT admin hat. Oh, well, sure. And I'll put on my, my Jump Cloud hat first because it fits better. Um, but I will say that at least for the moment, you know, we're really thrilled with the way that this testing cycle has gone. We've learned some things. Apple has learned some things. Apple has made some changes uh, to the uh, betas during this process. Uh, iOS 16 looks rock solid. We've had a great experience doing the testing there. We found a couple of little things that are here and there. Uh, but there aren't any major changes to the MDM framework as part of the uh, uh, as part of this year's process. If you're not already using de- uh, declarative device uh, management, for those of us who are working on the long term you know, side of things, the new changes to declarative are incredibly welcome. We're excited to see this available for all of Apple's enrollment types and platforms, whether that's iOS, macOS or tvOS. Uh, and so as we go through that process, we certainly think that declarative is now at the point where it's it's very interesting to us. Um, but, you know, I was going to say it also takes a little bit of time because it's a whole new way of interacting with devices that is, uh, you know, has a huge amount of potential. And I'm really excited to see, you know, where this goes as we go through the next you know, year or two. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Hexnode. Hexnode UEM offers an award-winning unified endpoint management solution for Android, iOS, Windows, macOS, tvOS, and FireOS devices. Hexnode is one of the most trusted enterprise security solutions worldwide that combines multiple security features into a single console. Sign up for a free trial today with Hexnode and find out how you can reinvent device management. You'll find a link to sign up in the show notes below. Thanks to Hexnode for sponsoring Apple at Work. I think when when those of us who've kind of watched Apple over the last 10 years with, with MDM management, we've seen this cycle where it's like, Okay, summer is here. We hear the news. Things roll out in the fall mostly. And then you kind of just like rinse and repeat every year. And, and it's like yep. what announced is released. And declarative is this idea of like, hey, here's here's the future. Um, you need to be thinking about it. Like just here's what we're doing. And it, it's this, this slow build um, where it's not not everything is released uh, right at once. It's almost like a, a seven-course meal where you're going to get a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, over time. And I don't think that's bad. I, I think that uh, it's a different Apple where it's telling you what, it's telling you as a company where the technology is going ahead of time without just like dropping it on you day one, which um, I would argue is one of Apple changing that mindset is one of the things that's helping them become a, a friend of IT uh, and, a, and a favorite of IT admins. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, you know, we get to the, 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 the annual posture that we're in right now and it's, it's an adventure, right? Like I feel like the, the, the process has been the same each of the last five years, you know, we get new betas in June, we have to test them against our own environment. We got to find where we need to put feedback into Apple fairly quickly. And, and, you know, I will say this about Mac admins everywhere. They have jumped into the feedback pool, both feet uh, and supplied a number of pieces of feedback to Apple that Apple has action uh, has acted on this year, um, specifically around the new uh, login items 
uh, behavior that is associated with macOS Ventura. Uh, this is a new behavior. If you're a Mac admin out there listening to this and you haven't heard about it, let's uh, take the uh, air out of your balloon and make this not a surprise for you. Um, any admin user and most standard users will have the ability to potentially turn off uh, key pieces of system software, um, pieces of software like an XDR, like CrowdStrike Falcon, or, um, you know, a login window item like JumpCloud, uh, JumpCloud's login agents. So you, what you want to make sure of is that inside your environment, you're taking care of uh, providing profiles for those things from get from the get-go. Uh, and so, you know, here it is. This should hopefully release well ahead of the release of macOS Ventura. If you're an Apple admin looking at macOS Ventura, be ready. Uh, to have those kind of profiles available for all of your system utilities. So, you know, that's something that, you know, obviously we're working hard on to make sure that, you know, users can't just turn off Jump Cloud on their devices because, I mean, that's the whole point of Jump Cloud. We're here there. We're here to be, uh, you know, your your uh, identity software here to be, you know, you, uh, the agent that, you know, tells us about the machine health. So we want to make sure that that's not something that users can just turn off. Um, because they shouldn't have that capacity on a corporate-owned machine. Certainly not. And, and you, when you think about things like SOC 2 compliance, uh, not having those profiles in place could uh, could it could kind of hurt you there. And and if you're if there's really no point in something like you know uh, CrowdStrike's uh, you know software, if a user can just turn it off, it kind of defeats the purpose of it. And so and again, you changed my mind here. I I long kind of always said that like the the early betas will change so fast. It, it doesn't make sense to test early, but I think your point, and I, I think you were right, is um, if you see things that are broken, like Apple might not see those. And yeah. if customers are waiting until uh, July to start testing because they're like seeing what's well, going to change, you, Apple may miss something. And you and Apple, they're, they're full of people. Like, I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. Like it's full of, people that write software and people are inherently imperfect and software is inherently imperfect. And if you, if you wait till July to start testing it, you may find things that are, that are big issues for your organization that Apple doesn't know about and they may not be fixed by when it's released. So it just, it really doesn't make sense to get in there early and hammer on it. And even if it's a known issue, just to document to Apple, um, through a radar, like, hey, this is broken. We're seeing this broken internally in our organization, and here's the business use case. Well, exactly. And I think that the art and practice of filing feedback with Apple is something every Mac admin should have uh, because you need to tell them what is broken. What is it? What are you experiencing that maybe you would rather not experience? Um, what were you expecting to happen? Why were you expecting that to happen? And then maybe talk a little bit about why this is important for your environment. And to clearly identify where it's going to be like, hey, I'm not going to roll out macOS Ventura when it comes out if these things are not addressed or if I don't have a way in which I can address these to my satisfaction. That's an incredibly important part of your job as a Mac admin is communicating clearly with Apple and driving good feedback. Um, I will mention that the Mac admin Slack has a channel for Appleseed, uh, which is Apple's pro program for IT so that it gets you access to, um, you know, to resources early um, during this beta period. There are some really great templates that are associated with that channel that can help you uh, phrase your feedback in a way that Apple folks will understand what you're saying and help take into account those changes. Not every feedback gets addressed by Apple. I mean, I, I can only imagine what the fire hose of, of information is like out of the feedback system in terms of like, hey, this is what I want to take into account. Um, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to work on. Um, but it's certainly very, very important for admins to know how to file a persuasive feedback. 
Uh, and so I'm really excited to see they, they, they made some changes during this beta period, specifically around login items. They provided new policy objects that are associated with that. They provided expanded documentation regarding the new software update uh, parts of Gatekeeper and how to make sure that your app is privileged in such a way that it can continue to update other applications. So that if you're using something like Monkey or something like Jamf to uh, manage your updates within your fleet, um, you've got the ability to do that uh, in a sane way uh, and that you won't be interfered with by the gatekeeper process, which as an admin, you have every right to say, I love you, gatekeeper. You are my best friend, but I need you to not care about this particular piece of software. I'm going to take responsibility for that and handle the updates. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, and protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for businesses of every size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial today and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple NDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. Again, that's business.mosul.com, M-O-S-Y-L-E.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Yeah, I think most organizations have like two pieces of that software. Like, look, yeah, it's our sure. thing. Just leave it alone. Yep. Otherwise, right. like gatekeeper, do your thing. Great gatekeeper is great. And I don't think it gets credit for that's that's where like Apple on the Mac really thin that needle of okay, like the app store, the Mac app store is not gonna be the only place. It can't be the only place, but it just doesn't need to be the wild, wild, wild west. And again, it's the the getting the uh, gate t- gatekeeper certificate is is free. Apple doesn't charge for it. So there's really no reason not to do it. Um, and you know though so yeah, it's like do your thing, gatekeeper, but ignore these two things. Maybe it's something we built or it's just a, a custom package, just uh, just do your own thing. For so, sure. And I think it's also really important to recognize that you need to do the, the kind of signing that is required for Gatekeeper now. Um, Mac OS uh, on Apple Silicon does not run on signed code, period, full stop. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, there's just there's, Apple did a nice job here. Um, again, I don't know. I, I, but again, I think we're they've done the they've done the right and the nice job of Gatekeeper does its thing. But then also like in, you always want to have override authority as an admin so no complaints over gatekeeper gosh that's probably been around for seven years at this point i would say seven or eight years and, oh longer uh, than that i mean i was gonna say gatekeeper goes back more than a decade at this point and has done an incredible job at making sure that the pieces of software that you put on your machine are signed that they're inte- that, that they have some kind of integrity and that you know when they are run um they were what was intended to be run they give you the opportunity as an end user to say, hey, you got from that from the internet. Are you sure you want to do that? This is just an opportunity for you to think twice. And then as we've gone through the uh, evolution of Gatekeeper into a much more security-focused piece, it's not just on the initial launch. It's on future initial launches as well um, so that there's a lot of protection that's built into this piece of software. All right. So real t- real-time follow-up, you were right by like two months. <laughs> Gatekeeper was initially released July 25th, 2012. 
So you were out by that two months. So it's, yep. it's longer than a decade. Uh, um, it builds upon now. If you if you look at the technology, it was built upon the file quarantine technology, which was yeah. introduced in Leopard. So uh, technically, you're even more right. So yeah, you're right. Uh, it's hard to believe. Gosh, uh, you know, time, hard time to believe a decade of Gatekeeper. And, you know, we think that, you know, if you think of what's exciting about Gatekeeper is that it's paired with another piece of technology that Apple has called MRT or malware removal tool, which essentially allows Apple to define what is malware on their systems and, you know, persistently and conclusively remove it from the any device running macOS. The MRT tool is something that's updated in the background. Uh, it's now part of xprotect.app, which is a, you know, a full-on application binary that lives within macOS. Uh, and, you know, it is a, a very important piece of malware removal tools for your environment. It doesn't catch everything, doesn't catch some, some adware, for example, but it does tr- capture true malware and remove it from macOS systems without any admin participation, without any user participation. It just completes the task that admins have hired it to do that's a good way to think about it completes the task admins have hired it's like a it's like a uh helper automated helper i like it that's, I like right. that. that's the way i think about it uh so you, you mentioned ios 16 gone well uh any concerns for day one users day one upgraders of ios 16 um you know someone that manages uh you, you know you obviously your team has uh you know customers across the world any concerns over their users upgrading day one I don't have any concerns over uh, users upgrading on day one. Um, there's no new features that are obviously all that conclusive that are, I mean, there are a ton of new features in here, but there aren't new, really new, like new enterprise kind of features uh, that are here that I'm really worried about. Um, we get some enhancements to iOS 16 for specifically rapid security response, which will allow Apple, Apple to push um, key updates to devices that are security focused without a reboot of the device. Um, this is a new technology that is baked into uh, the uh, both the macOS and the iOS platform as of the most recent releases. And this is going to give Apple some extra abilities to patch security holes um, without yeah, admins having to do anything and without users having to do anything. There's no restart. It just happens on the fly. It's uh, If you look at how it's doing this, it's doing this under the hood by um, – if you look at the way in which the operating system is constructed, some of the key uh, files – in iOS and in macOS are stored in what's called a cryptex. That cryptex is a cryptographically secure uh, disk image that's mounted by the operating system that is linked to the slash applications folder in, um, you know, in, in macOS and then part of springboard for iOS. Um, and those are where the Apple-based applications live. So all of those key apps that are part of the un- the underlying operating system that are represented out to the devices are, you know, can be updated in that fashion. Safari, for example, is a great example. So uh, when they make a change to Safari that is highly secure, um, that you know, security focused, essentially there's a there's a major zero day that they're trying to combat. They can push those updates without user participation and not relying on reboots. Um, which is really exciting. So I'm thrilled for that feature. That's a huge bonus for for admins. You know, if we look at the consumer features that are out there, there's a lot to love in iOS 16. Yeah, I that the rapid security response I think is going to be um, one of those features ten years from now. We're talking about like we are gatekeeper today, and it's really I, don't, I can't kind of can't think of anything in the industry you've seen that. I, I was going to even say Chrome OS, but then Chrome OS it does require you to reboot to. 
uh, to kind of apply quick updates. It is fast, but it's not. Uh, there still is a reboot. And let's be real. Users never want to reboot. There's a reason <laughs> apps like Nudge are a thing because users don't oh, yeah. want to reboot. Like there's not a good time to reboot. I mean I, I am in that, but like I – I was looking at my wife's iPhone yesterday and, and it's like, you know, she got a, a badge on her system preferences. And it's like, there's just, I don't know. There's just not a good time to do this. It, I don't know. I just, that it, it, the more we can move to a world where you're, you don't have to reboot. Uh, I think that's great. I know some of this stuff will always require it, but the, the, when there are zero days, it's important to get that out there quickly. So I think, uh, I think that's, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm thinking out loud, that's probably the most, maybe one of the most impactful long-term features um, as well. And I think Apple is going to continue to build on it. And the hope is that we move to a world where more and more things move to this doesn't require to reboot model. Yep. I'm psyched for that. And I really hope that that's something that we can do. Admins can, if they want to, disable RSR. So there is a profile that's available for admins. You can uh, pick up the keys from uh, the Apple documentation, which if you've never gone to go look at developer.apple.com slash, I think it's documentation slash device management, there is an amazing trove of information maintained by Apple um, on the MDM specification. This is stuff that used to be buried in a PDF on a website someplace that maybe you had to get pay to get access to. No longer. This is all part of Apple's documentation for the MDM specification there are ways to if you're concerned about it turn off rsr um i wouldn't recommend doing it though yeah i can't think of a reason why you would want to turn that off but uh not a good one it's (laughs) there's not but then i also um i think part of being focused on the enterprise is understanding that there are a thousand different use cases and it that may exactly. be one of those things where that's an option for a couple of years and then it's like slowly weaned out uh, like give folks the option so um any concerns and obviously we're we're still a ways away on mac os ventura any concerns about day one upgraders from what you're seeing in the current betas um i think that there's obviously you're going to want to have a good set of policies and control related to this login items problem um and you have a challenge as a mac admin you are pushing out a bunch of software some of it is going to contain launch uh, login items or things that show up in the new login items section uh, and the other bit of this is that users are now lo- notified when those kind of things are installed for the first time. There's no way to turn off the first install notification. There is a way to prevent them from being deactivated, and there is a way to prevent future notifications when they're updated again. So you're going to want to take time as a Mac admin and figure out what you want to approve uh, in your login items folder so that you can essentially prevent users from turning off the things you care about most. Um, your security software, your identity management software, um, other key items like along those lines, you're going to want to make sure that you've got something in place for that. Test it out. Test out an upgrade. See what you see in system preferences. Obviously, system preferences isn't system preferences anymore in Ventura. It's now called system settings. Uh, and it has been rewritten from the ground up in, in Swift UI. Um, it is certainly a uh, different view into macOS's settings. Um, I don't love it. I'll just be the first to say it, it's got some challenges. Has it gotten better in the betas? Yes, it has. Is it good enough to release? I'm not so sure about that. Um, but, you know, that's certainly a place where we can all have different opinions on what things are supposed to look like. Um, but how things work really matters. Uh, so be ready to update any support documentation that you have for your help desk. Make sure that you're briefed in and aware on what people are going to see because chances are somebody's out there is going to hit update on day one and you want to be ready for it. 
So if you haven't been testing this, make sure that you've got alternate documentation prepared for the key procedures within your organization that require access to the new system settings app. Yeah, that's, uh, I think people are kind of more willing to hit hit upgrade on their iOS devices. I know I am more so than my Mac, mainly because it just, it seems like you can deal with smaller bugs on iOS. You know, my mobile phone doesn't work as well uh, mm-hmm. for, for why, why app developers are updating apps. That's a less of an issue to me. And I think most enterprise users than like my Mac no longer works with my camera. My Zoom can no longer access my camera. Kind of a more, kind of a bigger deal. Yep, absolutely. So, last question. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you run, Tom. I know it's uh, the day after Labor Day, so I know your calendar is probably full. It's a garbage fire. O- overall, what's your most? You know, as an IT admin, um, and also from a jump cop perspective, overall favorite feature of the year that maybe you haven't talked about it so far? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think that there's uh, there's so much to like about what they're doing with declarative. And I'm, I'm taking off my jump cloud hat and I'm putting on my IT admin hat now um, because I can't talk about what we're doing in terms of implementation. I can talk about how useful this feature is for organizations. And I can talk a little bit about what the future of device management is here, which is to say the device is in charge as well it should be. The device has enough information about what state it should be in based on the new declarative model where predicates are applied, where you can say, all right, in order to access this Wi-Fi network or this app or these policies, you must have a passcode on your Wi-Fi and it must be compliant with the local passport passcode policy. This is an incredibly strong feature that admins have been asking for for years, which is to say, I only want some things available to devices that are compliant. And I need something at the system level that it's going to determine whether or not compliance has been established as opposed to relying upon management via UDP, which is the same thing that we've been dealing with for a long time with the MDM framework, which is I am managing this device. I'm trusting that new apps are going to arrive. I'm trusting that profiles are going to arrive. I'm trusting that users are going to correspond are going to comply with certain policies that are as that are complied in certain ways. But I can't guarantee that. Declarative device management, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It lets the device receive declarations from your admin side that says must be a passcode on this device. This app must be present. These things must be active and alive. This VPN must be connected. And then you can have access to this really key application for your business. I'm really excited about the advances that Apple's made in declarative device management and that it's available in all of their enrollment types. So I think the future is incredibly bright for Mac admins. I think my colleague, Eric Dreyer over at Kanji has always been saying, there's never been a better time to be a Mac admin than right now. And he's right. This is true. Um, It has never been a better time for it to be a Mac admin. Do you have more to do than you ever have? Yes. Is it harder to be a Mac admin? Maybe. But there's never been a better time for it to be a a Mac admin than right now. I agree with that. And I would also, the way I tell people is, in years past, there was not a a good answer to questions. Like, how do I do this? What's the best practices here. There were situations where um, the best practice was a brute force, uh, just have to do something a hundred times, manually touch these machines. And I I feel like now we're getting to the place where there is best practice for everything that is scalable uh, and automated and you do it once and it's kind of 
happens for you automatically. So you kind of get this assistant. Uh, MDMs are more turning into like a personal assistant to your IT team. And I think that's a good place. And it, it just generally makes Apple a continue to be a good friend in the enterprise. It ultimately helps sales more Macs. And that's yep. ultimately what Apple wants. And that's perfectly fine by me. As more as many as they can sell into the enterprise, the happier I will be. Um, it's not that I don't love Windows. I think it's a fine operating system. I just think that everybody out there deserves to use the best out there. And that's the Apple uh, platform for iOS and for macOS. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what the uh, coming weeks and months brings. With uh, probably by the time this comes out, iOS 16 will be uh, just releasing, and then we are probably still a, co- a few weeks away from macOS Ventura. So, Tom, thanks for coming on the show as always. Uh, great work at Jun- Jump Cloud. It's great to see you also expanding. I saw you all had a big uh, a company meeting. I'm sure that was your first one in a couple of years, and so I'm sure that yeah. was enjoyable for your team to get together and and break bread. And I think you know, as much as I love remote work, there's really no substitute for getting to get us with somebody breaking bread, having a drink and just talking about every not work. Yeah. Uh, again, Zoom is great, but it's not a substitute uh, for getting together occasionally. Amen. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to the first round of Mac conferences uh, that are hopefully going to start next year. Um, that'll be in person again. Uh, I'm really thrilled to see, you know, those kind of events happen again. I think that it's going to mean the difference to the community uh, to get people in the same place to think about the same things uh, and have good conversations and open dialogues over a beverage or over some food. And that fellowship environment means the difference in our community, in our jobs, in all of those things. As much as I love working remote, and I love working remote, there you're right. There's no there, there there's no substitute for being in a in a room. You know, close the door, set up the whiteboard, let's go to town for a couple of hours. And uh, I'm thrilled to to say that we got that opportunity in July. That's great to hear. I, again, I think it's we got so used to getting together at conferences that when they were pulled away for a couple of years, we realized like, OK, like these we, we should not take these for granted. And yeah, real again, lonely. <laughs> yeah, real lonely. And again, I, I again, I, I think the the best world is what we say at Cribble is it's remote first. Remote first doesn't mean remote only. Yep. Um, again, my dream is, you know, and, and to me, a proper role is the getting, getting together with teammates uh, at least four times a year. Maybe it's every every other month, but at least four times a year, it's great to get together with some teammates. Teammates. Just again, even if it's not talking about work, just if, it, if it's meeting together and everybody going to a baseball game and with your families, it's, it's that I think that um, the in-person time makes remote work work better. Absolutely. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, again, we'll have links to everything we've talked about in the show notes. And, and if you want to learn more about uh, some of the things Jump Clouds provides for Apple IT admins, we'll have that uh, in the show notes as well. Thanks, Tom, for coming on the show. And we'll have you again real soon. Pleasure as always, Bradley. Have a good one. Be well. <laughs>